0: Hey guys, welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. I know I left you with a tremendous cliffhanger after yesterday's show, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it was intentional. (laughs) I was actually going to talk about it at the end of that show, but that show ran a little bit long. So when I said I had a little back and forth on Twitter with Elon Musk, and I wanted to break that down, because I actually think Elon is an incredibly smart person I'm very supportive of him running Twitter. I already like what he's doing. Twitter is way more fun already since Elon Musk took over less than a week ago. But I do think he's making a mistake on this particular issue that he and I were discussing on Twitter. So I want to break down why I think he's making a mistake and why I think the that these kind of conversations are extremely valuable because he does seem to listen. He is interacting with a lot of people. So we're going to talk about uh, that today. I also want to talk about a report from The Intercept, this is, I mean, there's there's no other way to describe this report than a bombshell report. It's, it's probably a 10,000-word report, and it proves that big tech directly colluded with the federal government to censor us, to censor so-called misinformation and disinformation, and that this didn't just happen in the past, that it's currently happening. In fact, the Department of Homeland Security, which plays an enormous role in this collusion with big tech on behalf of the federal government, their entire mission has been retooled, and we are now in the crosshairs of the Department of Homeland Security. So I want to read through some of the most significant revelations in this intercept piece and talk with you about what this means for us, not just in the lead up to this, in, to the midterms in the next six days, but overall for our country. So let's get to it. Okay guys, let me talk to you quickly about GeniaCell. If you want your skin to look years younger, GeniaCell skincare products is the way to go. Awesome products. That, my friends, is a testimonial from April who lives in Rockport, Illinois. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, It is that easy to look years younger with Genucel skincare. Celebrate the holidays early with Genucel's most popular package. I got you a great deal, are you ready for this? 70% off if you go to Genucel.com right now. Treat yourself to the only skincare products that you'll ever need, finally. is so confident that you'll love your look that every Genucel order has a 120 day, how many months is that? Three, six, that's four months. Money back guarantee. For a limited time, every most popular package includes Genucel's Hyaluronic Acid Correcting Serum for free. Genucel has delighted, happy customers for years by treating tens of millions of everyday skin problems like wrinkles, dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawline, facial redness, even those annoying bags and puffiness for men and women just like you. And with their immediate effects product, Genucel guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or you get your money back. Order at com slash Liz. By the way, you have to use my URL if you want the really good deal. Your most popular package also includes a complimentary gift set plus free express shipping. Genyacel.com slash Liz. com slash Liz. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, before we dive into my back and forth with Elon Musk, I know I've gotten into the habit of adding addendums to the show that are that are tack on information or a continuation of the discussion that we had the previous day on the previous show, but I couldn't pass this one up. There's additional information about the Paul Pelosi attacker. You ready for this? The Paul Pelosi attacker is an illegal alien. Would you look at that? An illegal alien. So here we have the mainstream media telling us that this was a radical or an extremist right-wing ultra-mega individual domestic terrorist inspired by Trump incited to insurrection when really it's a nudist hippie drug addict with severe mental illness, psychosis probably, who used to be progressive and is also an illegal alien. You literally can't make this up. He's from Canada, by the way, which somehow, I don't know why, makes it even funnier not that it's funny that he attacked Paul Pelosi. It's not. That part of it is not funny. It is funny to see the mainstream media narrative being completely decimated because they so desperately want this to be an ultra mega domestic extremist when it's not. This is a a drug-addled, mentally deranged psychopath who is also an illegal alien. So maybe we should secure our borders. You know, this definitely doesn't sound like a right-wing hate crime. Big LOL to the illegal alien part, but that's the addendum for the Paul Pelosi show. I'm interested in your guys' opinions on the Paul Pelosi attack. What 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 do you think happened? There's so many questions that need to be answered. Why do you think there's no surveillance footage? Do you think that there was association between Paul Pelosi and this person? Um, let me know what you think. Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on Facebook. Let me know on Instagram. Let me know on Locals, on Rumble, wherever you are. I want to hear your opinion on this. Okay, so the Elon Musk... Back and forth that I had. I want to first show Elon Musk's tweet. This is what he tweeted. He said, "Watchell and Twitter board deliberately hid this evidence from the court. Stay tuned, more to come." This is what he. This is this. This is the photo that he tweeted with that caption. It's from an individual named Joel Roth. Joel Roth had posted this on an internal uh, Twitter chat. He said, but also, if Amir continues to BS me, my escalation route is Amir's OKRs are entirely based on fraudulent metrics and he doesn't care and may actively be trying to hide the ball. That's the first chat. And then the second post from Yoel Roth says, literally doing what Elon is accusing us of doing. So let's back up for a second. After Elon made his original announcement that he wanted to acquire Twitter, we thought, okay, great, this is exciting. Then Elon Musk, asked for data from Twitter about what percentage of their daily, their active daily users were authentic people versus what percentage of their quote unquote active daily users were bots, not authentic people. This is really important in the valuation of the company. It's really important in the amount of money that advertisers are charged when they pay for ads to know is your ad being shown to a bot, just a computer, or is your ad being shown to a real person who could actually take action and purchase your product. Elon Musk suspected that the 5% number that Twitter had given publicly, they said only 5% of our active daily users are bots. He suspected that that was a lie. Anybody who uses Twitter, it's pretty obvious that that's a lie. A higher percentage of active daily users are obviously bots. So that was the basis for Elon Musk threatening to um, withdraw from the Twitter deal. He said, well, you're not giving me this information, so I might be buying a product that is actually half fake. I might be paying paying money for bots. Twitter refused to give this information, and Elon Musk said that they were hiding it from him. So that's the basis of this tweet: is that the Twitter board deliberately hid this evidence from the court. He ended up in a lawsuit with Twitter, remember, um, and he ultimately decided to purchase Twitter anyway on on the ter- on his original terms. But this is this this internal messaging from Yoel Roth was. Elon Musk's evidence that Twitter actually was deliberately using fraudulent data and hiding from him the authentic percentage of active daily users. So my response to this tweet is I immediately recognized the name, Yol Roth. That's a name that I've seen before. That's a name that I've talked about before on this show and for years prior to this, because Yol Roth is a nasty individual and that's what I told Elon. I said, this isn't surprising. Yoel Roth is a nasty individual. He should have been the first person fired. Yoel Roth once called Trump actual Nazis and a racist tangerine and used his opinion to justify censoring Trump tweets. I thought Elon should know. Because Yol Roth is not a person to be trusted. Yoel Roth is the problem with Twitter. But Elon then responded to me. He replied to my tweet because my tweet was the first populated response under Elon's tweet. So anybody who clicked on Elon's tweet in the response thread, mine was the top response because people were very interested in what I was saying. A lot of other people recognized the name Yoel Roth as well. Maybe they didn't remember exactly what he had done or what wrongdoing at Twitter he was tied to, but I reminded them. So they were very interested in it. It was the top response. Elon responded to me directly and said, we've all made some questionable tweets, me more than most, but I want to be clear that I support Yule. My sense is that he has high integrity and we are all entitled to our political beliefs. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I was surprised that Elon responded in this way. It's fun that Elon Musk responded to me, right? Like when I saw on my phone, I got push notification that he responded. I thought, oh my gosh, that's fun. What did he have to say? And when I saw this, I was surprised because the reason that Elon Musk bought Twitter is essentially because the Babylon Bee was banned. They were permanently suspended because they made a joke about Rachel Levine, formerly Richard Levine, winning their Man of the Year award. So obviously ridiculing the idea that a man who had lived his life as a man for 50 years and then transitioned and identifies as a woman could win a Woman of the Year award, which he did. So the Babylon Bee, because they're parody, right? They're they're satire. They said that uh, Rachel Levine, they awarded Rachel Levine Man of the Year Award, and they were suspended for this. Elon was so incensed over this that he was like, okay, this is it, right? This tips the scales. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. This censorship is outrageous. And that kind of set into motion this whole acquisition of Twitter because Elon realized that not only was objective truth being censored, that the leftists at Twitter were deliberately targeting conservatives. And so I was surprised that Elon Musk said that he supports Yul Roth and that his sense is that he has high integrity because Yul Roth is one of the biggest offenders at Twitter in the very area that Elon recognized to the point that it prompted him to try to acquire Twitter. So I, of course, responded to Elon Musk because, you know, can't help myself. And I said, sure, he is entitled to his views. But when he tweets that half the country are racists and brags on LinkedIn, that he's in charge of the terms of service that gets conservatives flagged and banned, that doesn't seem like a neutral forum. Anyway, glad you're in charge now. Unban the Babylon Bee when you can because does anyone else think it's nuts that the Babylon Bee has yet to be let out of Twitter jail? What was this, like, Friday, Thursday? It was Thursday night, right, that Elon Musk acquired Twitter and the Babylon Bee still hasn't been restored. So unban the Babylon Bee, Elon, if you possibly can. Okay, so the bigger point that I wanted to make here was about exactly what Yolroth has done. We're gonna talk about that in just a second, but first I wanna to talk to you about Field of Greens. Back in the day, the good old days, if you will, people grew what they ate. Fresh vegetables and fruits were the core of their diet. But as Americans have become busier, now, for convenience sake, we eat pre-made, processed, fast food, the easy stuff, right? but it's not healthy. It's definitely not the six cups of veggies and fruits a day that you are recommended to be eating. So let me tell you about Field of Greens, which is a solution to this problem. Field of Greens is packed with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. This is what we need to stay healthy when we don't have time to be growing everything that we eat. Field of Greens works fast. You'll have more energy. You'll look and feel healthier, and it can even help you lose weight. Next time you're at the doctor and they compare your old lab work, to your new lab work, I bet the doc will tell you, listen, you crushed it. Join me and take Field of Greens, and to get you started, I got you 15% off your first order, and that's not all. I got you another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use my promo code, Liz. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Liz. fieldofgreens.com, promo code Liz. So Yul Roth, let's talk about him for just a second here because Yul Roth is not just a liberal. He's not just a leftist who didn't like Trump. He was responsible for helping craft and then enforce terms of service, which originally, remember the first thing that Twitter did to censor President Trump? The first thing they did was not kick him off the platform. The first thing they did was add the little addendum underneath his tweets that labeled it as false or misleading information and that disallowed people from retweeting it that was the first penalty box that they put Trump in and Jill Roth on Twitter or on LinkedIn stated that his job that that was his job to not only create those terms of service but to enforce it. He publicly took responsibility in a proud way. He was proud of this. He was bragging about this. He publicly took responsibility for doing this, which shows me that it's not just a matter of, okay, he's liberal. Who cares what his political views are if he's doing his job? In fact, there's a conservative by the name of Ian Michael Ian Miles Chong, who tweeted that he agreed with Elon Musk's take on Yul Roth. This is what Ian Miles said. He said, this is the right attitude to take if he's good at his job and he doesn't let politics in, it doesn't let politics get in the way of it, he should, by all means, keep it. And actually, I don't disagree with Ian Miles. Yeah, that's true, if 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 he's good at his job and he doesn't let politics get in the way of it, then sure, who cares about his politics, right? Like, he's just an employee, he should do his job. The problem is, this is what I responded to Ian Miles, I said, well, he says on LinkedIn that his job is determining the terms of service that were related to censoring Trump tweets about election integrity and voter fraud Isn't this literally the problem with Twitter? Creating and enforcing terms that deliberately target conservatives. If that is his job, then he should lose it. Yole Roth is actually a perfect example of the problem at Twitter. When Twitter became this censorship apparatus, it was because people in power at Twitter, and Yoel Roth is one of them, use their political beliefs as justification to stifle and censor conservative viewpoints. It was all one way. It was all these liberal employees that were creating terms of service and stifling and censoring conservatives. It was never conservative employees at Twitter who were stifling liberals or liberal employees at Twitter who were stifling liberals. It was always censorship aimed just at conservatives. This is actually the textbook problem at Twitter, this is if if you had to distill the problem at Twitter, the censorship problem, into just a brief description, then Yol Roth is a perfect description of that. So this is why it was such a head scratcher to me when Elon Musk tweeted that he thinks he, it's his sense that Yol Roth is a person of high integrity and he supports Yol Roth because I thought, listen, in November of 2016, this is what Yol Roth tweeted: "quote I'm just saying." We fly over those states that voted for a racist tangerine for a reason. Okay, so this means that he didn't just think that Trump was a bad person, or he didn't just oppose Trump, which he's allowed to do. He's dismissing middle America, which means he's dismissing all the people that voted for Trump. He's dismissing us. He's dismissing half the country, saying that they're not even worth interacting with. Does this sound like someone who could be an objective arbiter of a neutral public digital public forum? Well, no, of course not. In January of 2017, Yul Roth tweeted, yes, the person in the pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. And I know we're all a little desensitized to this, this baseless, false, heinous insult that is levied against us all the time by the left, calling us actual Nazis. We know that this is this is the left's height of escalation. This is their their highest level of evil that they can accuse us of. And they overuse this. They've they've watered this down. They've demeaned this, this, what actual Nazis really means. But it also shows you, from a moral standpoint, if you believe that someone is an actual Nazi, then almost any action that you take against them would be morally justified. And this, this is the problem, aside from it being untrue and heinous, when the left labels us as Nazis because we're conservative, it also shows us that they are willing to do anything to stop us because they feel morally justified because they are viewing us the way that history views Adolf Hitler. It's actually their way of dehumanizing us. This is what, this is the part that Joel Roth played at Twitter. This was his viewpoint and he created terms of service and then enforced them against people who he viewed to be actual Nazis. This is the foundation of the censorship apparatus at Twitter. And the reason that I'm talking about this, the reason that I went back and forth with Elon Musk and contradicted him is because I think that he has proven that he's willing to listen. That he's not so dogmatic in an opinion that he's unwilling to change it. And so my hope is that Elon Musk was either naive to what Yol Roth has done in the past. Maybe Yol Roth is an extremely charismatic person, I don't know. Maybe he is helping Elon by giving him this information that Elon tweeted right about Twitter hiding the actual percentage of active daily users. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's being useful to Elon right now and therefore Elon feels some loyalty because he walked into the lion's den at Twitter headquarters, right? I don't know what it is, but I hope that Elon Musk sees Yol Roth not just for perhaps friendliness or the help that he's giving Elon now, but he sees him for what he has wrought at Twitter, the consequences of his work and his, his power at Twitter to actually censor conservatives, which, like I said, is one of, is one of the biggest problems. And I think, I think, too, that I would encourage Elon to not only uncover the extent of the censorship that happened at Twitter, their targeting of conservatives, their communication about specific people. I would encourage Elon Musk to release all of that publicly. Because it's one thing if Elon says, yes, there was an, an extensive censorship apparatus that happened at Twitter. Conservatives would believe him because we've experienced it. But liberals won't because it's Elon Musk and because the targets were conservative. But if Elon releases the proof of this, if he releases the algorithms or the communications, this if he releases the apparatus itself publicly, then it will be harder to deny and it's good if it's harder to deny because everyday Americans, even if they're liberal, even if they vote Democrat, they don't want this. It's only the fringe radicals that unfortunately are our, our elected Democrats, elected officials who are members of the Democratic Party who want this. So my recommendation to Elon is uncover this and then release it so that it cannot be denied. Will he do this? I don't know, I don't know. I would say never underestimate the tremendous power That Elon or the tremendous pressure that Elon will be under to kowtow to this censorship apparatus. It's vast, it's powerful, it will crush you, and he is now their primary target. I certainly would. If I were Elon, I would release the stuff. I encourage Elon to release the stuff, but not everyone has the strength and the ability to buck the system. So what we should do is we should pray for him. We should pray for strength. We should encourage him. We should dialogue with him on Twitter because he does read it. He does listen. He does respond. And he has shown himself to be an open-minded individual who who has an active curiosity and an active he's in active pursuit of the truth. And that's one of the best qualities a person can have. One of the qualities that I respect and admire the most is putting your bias, your pre-existing bias to the side and simply pursuing truth for the value of truth. Elon Musk has shown that he he has embraced that quality. So hopefully hopefully he will uncover the censorship apparatus and release it. So I want to contradict myself here for for a second and and say that one thing that I said is not entirely true. And we learned yesterday that it was not entirely true. And we're going to talk about that in just a second But first I wanna talk to you about Nutrafol. I like Nutrafol because it's both natural and it works, which is the best combination. Now, maybe you are suffering from hair loss. Maybe you are a balding man watching this show and there's no shame in that. There is, however, a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. It's called Nutrafol. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage without compromising. When I say without compromise, I mean, a lot of these type of hair growth supplements will negatively impact your sex drive. Not so with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is comprised of 21 potent natural ingredients that actually support sex drive, support better sleep, and less stress, too. In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair, and simultaneously, you can support our show. It's a win-win by going to Nutrafol.com and entering promo code LIZ, And if you use my promo code, you will save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer. It's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you'll get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. It's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Liz. Nutrafol.com, promo code Liz. Okay, so I want to contradict myself when I said that the primary problem that's happening at Twitter, the, the underpinning of the censorship apparatus is far leftists like Joel Roth, who have not just extreme bias against conservatives, but have so demonized and vilified and dehumanized us that they, they feel justified doing almost anything to stop us. And I said, that's the problem at Twitter. That's where the censorship is coming from. And that's true, but that's not the whole story. And we learned this yesterday, when The Intercept published just an outstanding report that proved that big tech apparatuses, whether this is Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Discord, these big tech platforms are actively colluding with the federal government to pick and choose which people to censor and which narratives to stifle. In fact, this report was written by Ken Klippenstein and Lee Fang. If you haven't read it in its entirety, I will post the link on Locals. I highly recommend that you read this entire report. It's probably about 10,000 words. I didn't count, but it's it's quite an extensive one. And I want to read some of the most pertinent parts that show us what we're up against. But this makes the problem at Twitter twofold. This makes it not just radical leftists who want us silenced by any means, having the power to create terms of service and then enforcing those terms of service against us to censor us and cancel us and ban us, this adds another dimension to the censorship apparatus that government is actively directing big tech who to censor. Now, big tech has the choice whether they allow this to happen, but big tech has chosen to allow this to happen. In fact, in this report, it is detailed that Facebook specifically built an entire web page, a web portal, where government officials have a direct line of communication to big tech to request specific posts by specific people be censored or taken down by these tech platforms. That website, as of the publication of this article, of this report by The Intercept, that portal is still active. In order to submit a report, it can't can't be me, it can't be you, it has to be someone with a government-issued email address. But this means that big tech is acting as an agent of the state, censoring free speech where government is not allowed to do that directly. That is wildly illegal, wildly illegal. So what is Elon up against? Not just an internal apparatus of censorship at Twitter, but also the Department of Homeland Security. The Department of Homeland Security was created in 2002 after 9-11 as an agency of the federal government with a mandate to fight terrorism abroad. They were essentially the agency that waged the war on terror. But according to The Intercept, now that the war on terror has, I guess, more or less ended, I kind of hashtag I roll that because we know that Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan is going to allow radical Islamist terrorists in the middle east to find safe haven and probably plot jihad attacks against us again whatever the department of homeland security is no longer involved in that to the extent that they were and internal documents from the department of homeland security shows that they have retooled their mission from looking for threats to our homeland security abroad to looking for threats to our homeland security here at home domestically so i want to read a little bit of this article with you and discuss the ramifications. So it starts by saying, the Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous, an investigation by The Intercept has found. Years of internal DHS memos, emails and documents obtained via leaks and an ongoing lawsuit as well as public documents illustrate an expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms. The work, much of which remains unknown to the American public, came into clearer view earlier this year when DHS announced a new Disinformation Governance Board. You guys remember that, right? With scary poppins at the head. Fortunately, we put a stop to that. The Intercept writes, "'This panel was designed to police misinformation, "'false information spread unintentionally, "'disinformation, "'false information spread intentionally, "'and malinformation, "'factual information shared, "'typically out of context, with harmful intent that allegedly threatens U.S. interests. While the board was widely ridiculed, immediately scaled back and then shut down within a few months, other initiatives are underway as DHS pivots to monitoring social media now that its original mandate, the war on terror, has been wound down. Behind closed doors and through pressure on private platforms, the U.S. government has used its power to try to shape online discourse. According to meeting minutes and other records appended to a lawsuit filed by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, a Republican who is also running for Senate, discussions have ranged from the scale and scope of government intervention in online discourse to the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests for false or intentionally misleading information. So let's pause right there for a second. This is the big picture of what the Department of Homeland Security is doing. They've shifted from the war on terror abroad to labeling us as terrorists domestically and focusing their censorship apparatus on us. This is disturbing. This is deeply disturbing. This is the level of censorship that you would expect from a communist regime. This is the level of censorship that we see the Chinese Communist Party imposing on their people, where they control what you're allowed to post online. They have endowed themselves as the sole arbiter of truth, and dissent is actually prohibited, and if you dissent, you are labeled as an enemy of the state. I'd be very interested in someone showing me the difference between how the Chinese Communist Party has clamped down on speech, their closed society, how that differs from what the Department of Homeland Security is attempting to do to us here. The Intercept goes on and says, in a March meeting, Laura Demlow, an FBI official, warned that the threat of of subversive information on social media could undermine support for the U.S. government. But what does she mean by that, right? Like support for the U.S. government as in you want to overthrow the entirety of the government itself, the institution of our government? Because the people in our country that wanna do that are the Marxists. And I don't see Department of Homeland Security cracking down on any Marxist content. But if you're talking about the administration which is in charge of the government, it's not a problem if information makes us less likely to support the Biden administration or the Biden administration policies. To conflate the two is a sleight of hand that the government is intentionally engaging in. They want you to think that if you and I post something on Twitter, for example, and it makes a Democratic voter less likely to support the Biden administration's insane spending because they they know that that kind of spending leads to the devaluation of our dollar, which leads to inflation, which makes it harder for the average American to make ends meet. They want you to conflate that with actual insurrectionists who want to overthrow the government institution itself. They make no differentiation, and that's a critical difference. So The Intercept goes on to say, Demlo, according to notes of the discussion attended by senior executives from Twitter and J.P. Morgan Chase, stressed that, quote, we need a media infrastructure that is held accountable. Well, they admit it themselves then, right? That they want our media to be regulated by the government. The article, goes or the report goes on to say, there is also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled or suppressed through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. At the time of the writing, The content request system at facebook.com slash x takedowns slash login is still live. You can go to this URL if you want, you can try it yourself. DHS and Meta, the parent company of Facebook, did not respond to a request for comment. The FBI declined to comment. Of course they did, because this is a blatant violation of constitutional protections of free speech, of freedom of the press, and a blatant violation of government's role. They are not allowed to suppress free speech and they are not, there is Supreme Court precedent that is very clear in saying the government is not allowed to coerce private industry to do what government is not allowed to do. But that's exactly what's happening here. The Intercept report says, DHS's mission to fight disinformation, stemming from concerns around Russian influence in the 2016 presidential election, began taking shape during the 2020 election and over efforts to shape discussions around vaccine policy during the coronavirus pandemic. Documents collected by The Intercept from a variety of sources, including current officials and publicly available reports, reveal the evolution of more active measures by DHS. According to a draft copy of DHS's Quadrennial Homeland Security Review, DHS's capstone report outlining the department's strategy and priorities in the coming years, the department plans to target "quote unquote, inaccurate information on a wide variety of topics, including, quote, the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic and the efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines, racial justice, U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support to Ukraine, end quote. Think about that for a second. That list of topics. The Department of Homeland Security wrote in to their review, which is their blueprint for how they're going to behave, what they're going to target over the next couple of years, that their pri- one of their primary missions is to try to crack down on anybody who questions whether COVID-19 was leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, to crack down on anyone who's skeptical that the mRNA vaccine doesn't work since it doesn't stop you from contracting the virus, it doesn't stop you from transmitting the virus. The Department of Homeland Security says they're gonna crack down on people questioning racial justice. Racial justice is a euphemism. It's what the Black Lives Matter movement uses as a way to describe what they're doing, hoping that people will say, oh, racial justice, that sounds nice, that sounds neutral, that sounds vanilla, that sounds like something I should get on board with. I like justice. But racial justice is actually the Marxist underpinnings of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's equity not equality, equity being socialism, being discrimination against certain people based on the color of their skin in the name of quote unquote justice for people who have a different color skin. Racial justice, the way the left defines it is actually evil. But if you question it, the Department of Homeland Security will make you a target. In addition, if you question the botched withdrawal, Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan, that left over a dozen US service members dead, you will be the tar- target of the Department of Homeland Security. And if you question the billions of dollars that Biden is giving on an ongoing basis to Ukraine and why the Biden administration is supporting that effort, even though Zelensky is the biggest fraud that ever walked the face of the earth, you'll be a target of the Department of Homeland Security. This is so disturbing. It, this is so disturbing. The Intercept says the Department of Homeland Security justifies these goals, which, is, which have expanded far beyond its original purview of foreign threats to encompass disinformation originating domestically by claiming that terrorist threats can be, quote, exacerbated by misinformation and disinformation spread online. I read this and I thought, oh my God, oh my God, what is this? First, so zoom out just for a second. What we have witnessed in the last five, six years is the left try to redefine the word speech. The left has told us that when we as conservatives speak, that that is actual violence. Long gone are the days where, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That is long gone. The left now tells us that if conservatives speak, it's actual violence. If Trump questioned the integrity of the 2020 election, that's inciting an insurrection. He's responsible for people who broke in the Capitol. At the same time, their violence in the streets, whether it's Antifa, whether it's Black Lives Matter riots, these people that are vandalizing and looting and breaking windows and assaulting cops, that violence is just speech when it comes from the left. So the left has tried to redefine speech. Unfortunately, a a portion of the American public has bought into this, although it's extremely dangerous. The reason that it's dangerous is because the Department of Justice is now taking that to the next level. They're taking this false idea that speech equals violence, and now they're saying your speech equals literal terrorism. Quote, terrorist threats can be exacerbated by misinformation and disinformation spread online. So now if you post that you didn't get the mRNA vaccine because you don't Think you need it? COVID nineteen is not that dangerous. It's not that dangerous for your age demographic. You think there are severe adverse effects that come from the vaccine? It's it's a fraud. It's just a Fauci big pharma profit motive. You're responsible for actual terrorism. This is the strategy of the Department of Homeland Security now. Now that they have now that the left has successfully labeled conservative speech as violence, they will label speech opposing or dissenting leftist policies. Biden administration policies as actual terrorism, and aiding, abetting a terrorist. Who wouldn't want to crack down on that kind of evil person, right? It's appalling. The Intercept writes, prior to the 2020 election, tech companies, including Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, Wikipedia, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Verizon Media, met on a monthly basis with the FBI, the CISA, and other government representatives. According to NBC News, the meetings were part of an initiative still ongoing between the private sector and government to discuss how firms will handle would handle misinformation during the election. Remember what misinformation is as they define it, right? Disinformation means that you know that what you're saying is false and you are saying it maliciously to try to mislead someone. And the First Amendment says you have a right to do that unless you're selling a product, in which case, you know, that's fraud, but you're allowed to go on Twitter and say something that's false if you want. You might put yourself, its about if it's about a person, you might put yourself in the way of a libel lawsuit, but you're allowed to say things that aren't true. The Democrats say things that aren't true all the time. Stacey Abrams just said, we don't know when a human life begins. Hillary Clinton constantly says, you know, abortion is just about a woman's body. These are false things. They're false things that these people know are false, but they're allowed to say it. The First Amendment protects them. Misinformation, is different than disinformation, because misinformation is something that's untrue that you didn't realize was untrue when you said it. So maybe you shared a story that turned out not to be accurately sourced. It, what you You had no intent to spread something, spread information that was false. That's misinformation. The Department of Homeland Security, the federal government, and Big Tech have decided that if they determine that something that you say is false or inaccurate, even if you didn't intend it to be inaccurate, they're similarly going to crack down because even that exacerbates terrorist threats. So think about what we say about the political policies that we support, that the conservative movement, the Republican Party supports. Think about the things that we say that the left believes to be false. They're not false, what we say, when we say lowering taxes helps the economy and helps create jobs. The left thinks that's false. Even though we have the empirical evidence on our side, we know it's true. The left believes that it's false. But if the left are also the arbiters of truth, if they are the enforcers of the censorship apparatus, anything that they think is false, they're going to label as misinformation or disinformation, but misinformation and crack down on it because you're aiding and abetting terrorists. The Intercept writes, The stepped-up counter-disinformation effort began in 2018 following high-profile hacking incidents of U.S. firms. When Congress passed and President Donald Trump signed the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Act, forming a new wing of DHS devoted to protecting critical national infrastructure. An August 2022 report by the DHS Office of Inspector General sketches the rapidly accelerating move toward policing disinformation. From the outset, the CISA boasted of an evolved mission to monitor social media discussions while routing disinformation concerns to private sector platforms. In 2018, then-DHS Secretary Kirsten Nielsen created the Countering Foreign Influence Task Force to respond to election disinformation. The task force, which included members of CISA as well as its Office of Intelligence and Analysis, generated threat intelligence about the election and notified social media platforms and law enforcement. At the same time, DHS began notifying social media companies and voting related about voting related disinformation appearing on social platforms. Just wait. Under President Joe Biden, the shifting focus on disinformation has continued. In January 2021, CISA replaced the Countering Foreign Intelligence Task Force with a misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation team, which was created, quote, to promote more flexibility to focus on general MDM. By now, the scope of the effort had expanded beyond disinformation produced by foreign governments to include domestic versions. The MDM team, according to one CISA official quoted in the IG report, counters all types of disinformation to be responsive to current events. So what does this mean? This means if the Biden administration thinks that something we say is wrong, the government is acting as a propaganda agency telling you not to listen to me, but telling you that you have to listen to the government or the government using big tech to stifle what I'm saying so that you don't even get a chance to hear it. The Intercept writes, Jen Easterly, Biden's appointed director of CISA, swiftly made it clear that she would continue to shift resources in the agency to combat the spread of dangerous forms of information on social media. Quote, one could argue we're in the business of critical infrastructure and the most critical infrastructure is our cognitive infrastructure. So building that resilience to misinformation and disinformation, I think, is incredibly important. So that's, what, stage two of this redefinition when the left said, okay, your speech is violence. DHS says your speech actually aids and abets terrorism. Now they're redefining critical infrastructure, which we used to understand as, like, water supply, food supply, roads, critical infrastructure, infrastructure that we need for our economy to keep moving they're redefining critical infrastructure to include cognitive infrastructure. That's a a, a weird euphemistic way of saying what you think is critical infrastructure. But if they define it as critical infrastructure, then they feel that they have a right to quote unquote protect it, meaning they want to insulate your thoughts and your mind from any information that I might present that dissents from the Biden administration's narrative. Are you scared yet? Are you sick to your stomach yet? Well, remember who Elon Musk fired on the first day at Twitter? This is what The Intercept writes. In June, the same DHS advisory committee of CISA, which includes Twitter head of legal policy, trust and safety, Vijaya Ghadi, that's the name, and University of Washington professor Kate Starbird drafted a report to the CISA director calling for an expansive role for the agency in reshaping the quote, information ecosystem. The report called on the agency to closely monitor social media platforms of all sizes, mainstream media, cable news, hyperpartisan media, talk radio, and other online resources. They argued that the agency needed to take steps to halt the, quote, spread of false and misleading information with a focus on information that undermines key democratic institutions, such as the courts, or by other sectors, such as the financial system or public health measures. To accomplish these broad goals, the report said, CISA should invest in external research to evaluate the efficacy of interventions, specifically with research looking at how alleged disinformation can be countered and how quickly messages spread. So what's happening at Twitter, Yul Roth is a huge part of the problem. Liberal, radical leftists having the power to dehumanize and vilify conservatives, and therefore to stifle, censor, and ban conservatives. That's a huge part of the problem, and I hope Elon realizes that. But this collusion between big tech and government with government directing big tech what to censor is much, much bigger. This collusion very realistically impacted the outcome of the 2020 election. You can look at the Hunter Biden laptop story as just one example. This collusion between government and big tech will be abused to impact upcoming elections whether it's these midterms whether it's the 2024 presidential election and it will impact your political speech and mine in the future. It almost begs the question. We've said that we need to abolish the Department of Home or the Department of Education. We've said we need to abolish the IRS. We've said we need to abolish the FBI, but do we need to abolish the Department of Homeland Security too? Because this shows that the entire agency is corrupted to its core, that it, it, it rejected, it closed the book on its original mission of fighting terrorism abroad, and is now labeling us as domestic terrorists, intending to use the power of the federal government to stifle us. Free speech actually, legally, should be mandated on all of these big tech platforms that were involved in these discussions with the federal government because of this collusion. If the federal government is suggesting, coercing, or directing big tech to stifle speech, and big tech does it, then they're acting. Big tech is acting as an agent of the government, and if a private business is acting as an agent of the government, then they are required to follow the law of the land, which is the Constitution of the United States, which enshrines our right to free speech. We were right about big tech censorship. We were told that we were engaging in conspiracy theories. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy. Okay, now it's time for the bananas video of the day. This one's a real, a real head scratcher. Let's see it. Just bring me, it makes me, feel, it makes me feel about this big. Yeah, that's how they feel when you misgender them. So now you can know the feeling. Get it right, and you want to get sprayed. Yeah, so here's what's going on. She is misgendering our partners, like my partner, my spouse, and then my sister's partner as well. Um, yeah, and she's on them for years and years. So uh, we tried telling her nicely, and now we're balance training. Balance training? Okay, so let's look at exactly what's going on here. So what's going on here is this individual is using a spray bottle to spray her mother with water if her mother misgenders transgender people. This is this is what cat owners do to their cats to train their cats to stay off the furniture. You take a spray bottle and you spray the cat and it's okay to do that to a cat because a cat is an animal. But what these what these people are doing, these these radical LGBTQ activists are doing is treating their mother the way we treat animals. This is so disturbing and so messed up and I'm glad that we saw this video because when the left tries to tell us, oh, we're just trying to be tolerant, tolerant. we're just trying to accept these people. No, 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 no. What you're doing is you're trying to force other people to comply with your Marxist agenda here and you are the ones dehumanizing other people. Something to behold. All right, over on Locals, I'm gonna talk about why conservatives are so afraid to say that affirmative action is racist. You wanna join over there for that because a lot of conservatives are afraid to say that affirmative action is racist and they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be afraid to say it. You can go to LizWheelerShow.com slash Locals. This will be free for everyone to watch. LizWheelerShow.com slash Locals. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.